Um, I don't have no sermon. We're just going to read the Bible. But what I was thinking was, um, there's the, I was thinking about promises. I, I was, I was uh, kind of like, I don't know if I was praying or just talking to God. I don't know what I was doing. But I was just reminding him of some promises that he made. And I'm like, he's got so many promises in the Bible. And, and uh, it, it might take me a while to, to go through this. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but promises of God are so important because he gives. First, he says he never lies, right? Right. He never leaves nor forsakes. And so God has these promises in the Bible. And he wants us to remember these promises because God always holds to his word. The Bible says that he has no guile in his mouth. He, never, he will never say anything that isn't true or that isn't going to happen. So that's what I love about God is God, I can say, God, you promised me this. And it's not you telling him what to do. You're just saying, Lord, I remember what you said. All right. All right? So, so 2 Peter 1 is where we start. And, and I'm going to just show you what I was just kind of thinking about today. I'm not, it's not a sermon. I'm just letting you into my kind of studies this week. Auntie, come on. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Uh, it says his divine power has given us everything that we need to live a godly life through the fact that we know him, though. Now, see, that's, that's the problem. A lot of people, a lot of people, you know there's a lot of confess, confessing believers who don't know God. Amen. All right, all right. I mean, personally, because think about it. Uh, um, a lot of you came out of a situation where you weren't even taught that you can know God personally. But, but you know, but think about it. Most people don't really understand God. Like, on a, you ever had somebody say this? You mean you hear from God? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you try to explain that, yeah, God actually speaks to me without sounding weird. Everybody say amen. Amen. And it's like his divine power has given us everything we need to live a godly life, but you have to know him. Now, he's given us everything that we need. His divine power has given us everything that we need, meaning that we don't just live on our own power. We live through Jesus and his divine power. He's given us everything we need to be able to pull this life, to pull this life off that you plan on living. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, now, when, when our girl gets baptized today, what she's telling the world is that she is going to make a commitment to God. And then God sees this commitment, and then through Jesus, he's going to give her everything she needs to fulfill this life. Amen. Now, it's, 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 it's her job, and then it's my job, and it's our job <coughs> to make sure that she knows him, though, because people die because of what? They don't know. So it's like, it's, it's like going down the road, and then uh, the police pull you over, and you've been doing 70, and then he goes, the speed limit is only 55. And you go, well, I didn't see a sign. And he goes, so what? The speed limit is 55. Just because you didn't know, you're getting this ticket. Right. So it's like we have to remember that his divine power has given us everything we need, auntie. Yes. To, so it's not just your power that's helping you live. It's his power that's helping you live. His divine power has given you everything you need to live a godly life. Next verse. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Now he says he's given us through, through these very precious promises that he's given us. He's given us these promises so, so that through these promises you may participate in becoming more like him or becoming more like God or I like the way he put it here or taking on the divine nature, meaning 
the more you know, his, his promises have given, he's given you because you know him, now you can use those things to become what? Not so much like you, but more like him. Amen. He's given us promises not just to make your life better or easier, the promise, not promises to be rich or famous. He's given us promises <coughs> to be able to live a godly life so that through these promises, we can begin to change our lives and begin to become new creatures. Yes. To be transformed by the renewing of our thoughts. Yes. To literally become something else by nature. Because think about it. How are you by nature? Be honest. Let me let you in on secrets about me by nature. <coughs> I wear a lot of black for a reason. I like bad guys. I like villains. I, I, I'm, I'm the kind of person by nature now, I really don't care about anybody. And, and, and it's not because I care so much about me. There's times when I don't care about me. There's some times when I don't care about anything. But thanks to Jesus, everybody say amen to that. Thanks to Jesus. My nature has changed. I was thinking the other week when I didn't slap somebody, I have really changed. Because, man, I would have slapped you before. You ever had somebody cut you off or somebody flip you off or somebody looked at you wrong? Or, see, those are the kind of things I can't take. Some people can blow them off, but I can't take it. I, I come from the hood. You just can't take that. And then when, some, when something happens and you don't respond like you normally would, that, you kind of go, wow, I've kind of changed. Because normally I would have, I would have, some of you go, I would have told you off. <laughs> I would have, I would have, I would have, oh, I would have. <laughs> see, see, what's going on is your nature has become, is changing, and, because Jesus is giving you everything you need to be able to do it, and then he's giving us these promises that helps us so we can participate in this change of nature. He, he's, this divine nature, I mean, it coming away from who you were as a person, because you were born in sin and shaped in iniquity, mm -hmm. and you're like your mom and you're like your dad who's like their mom and their dad, and it's handed down. Those of us that are parents, don't you see traits of you and your kids? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I look up, and I'm looking at Courtney, and she looks just like me. And I'm like, don't be looking at me like I look. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes Julian makes these expressions when he's aggravated, and I'm like, are you looking at me like I look at you? <laughs> see, see, those things are handed down, so God comes along, hallelujah, <coughs> and literally begins to work on your nature. Mm -hmm. Through what? Through the knowledge of him, because he's given us all the things that we need to be able to succeed, and because of his promises, they help you do it. They help you escape the corruption of the world that, that the world only produces evil desires. Yes. So, so these promises, we, we all preachers like it because it fills up churches. Preachers like to preach about the, the prosperity promises and the promises for, for this great life, the promises for great marriages and the promise. And I'm looking at the Bible and I'm going, those aren't really a lot of promises. Mm -hmm. And some of them aren't promises at all. God did not promise every believer that they would be rich. That's right. But people teach it. Yes, they do. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. And churches have to hear it. Next verse. Oh, was that it? That was it for that. Let's go to the next one. We got, we got back to it. Romans 8, 26. In the same way, come on. 
The Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Spirit is, is so underrated, man. See, God is like the, 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 the big fella, right? And he deserves it. God gets all the glory. God sits so high in our minds. God is this impressive uh, uh, being, because we don't even know what to call him. And then he has his props. And then Jesus is, is, is like, he's like the great big brother that you love so much. He's that great example. And, and Jesus did so much for humanity. And we celebrate his birthday and we celebrate his resurrection. But the poor Holy Spirit, what does he get? I would dare say that the Holy Spirit is the hardest working out of the three. Because the Father, when he said it is done, it was done. Right, right. And then the Son came and sat down at the right hand, and he's not doing anything. <laughs> if Jesus walked through the wall right now, we see him. Mm-hmm. Right? So Jesus is doing something. He's on our behalf looking to the Father going, remember you love him, remember you love him, remember you love him. Yeah. Look at my hands. I died for him. Look at, look at my scars. I did all this because you love him. And, and so the Holy Spirit is down here moving, shaking, protecting, hallelujah, yes, yes. speaking, the Holy Spirit has, he doesn't get the glory that he needs. So right now, Holy Spirit, we give you glory, hallelujah. Thank you. Because you know how you're understanding because the Holy Spirit is helping you understand. Right. You know how you didn't run into that bus because the Holy Spirit kept that bus from hitting you. You, you, you know how you were able to get up off on your feet when you were sick? Because the Holy Spirit was involved with it. Yes, thank you. Thank God that God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit don't have a rivalry amongst each other because they're all one. Everybody say amen. amen. So really, actually, when we give one glory, we're giving them all glory. But I do want to say, sometimes you need to just stop and say, Holy Spirit, I thank you. Amen. You know why? Because he lives around you and in you. You know why? Because he's the only one we can grieve. Yes, yes. And he doesn't leave us. You don't want to get no amens on that one. We do not know what we all pray sometimes, auntie. Mm-hmm. But the spirit is himself. It intercedes for us through our, our wordless groans, meaning Sometimes life gets, when you're dealing with a family who's lost someone that they really love, there's really no words. That's right. That's right. Amen. I'm going to be honest. When I lost my grandmother, a piece of me died. It really did. And, and, and I never, I don't do holidays the same anymore. Holidays to me are not the same. I, I'll be honest. And I'm, I'm healed. I'm totally healed. And I thank God. And my, my, my mourning is now turned into great memories. But. My loss of my grandmother was very hard on me. But what I realized when I was going through, there was times I did not know what to pray. Because you don't know if you're hurt, mad, sad, sick, angry, Amen, that's frustrated. Right. You're all of that. So how do you put words to it? Thankfully, the Holy Spirit, because sometimes you don't know what to pray, he prays for you. That's right. See, because the Holy Spirit always knows what you need. Sometimes you don't even know what you need. You ever, I, I've talked to people when they call into the station and people try to find me. Somebody stopped me on the street the other day. 
because they knew who I was and they wanted me to pray. And I'm like, well, what do you want to pray about? I'm not even sure. See, they, see, sometimes we don't even know what we need to pray, but thank God the Holy Spirit knows. Yes, thank you, Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit actually prays, it intercedes. That intercede means it steps in for you because when you, sometimes you just cry, but don't you know you're praying? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just kind of groan in pain because you don't feel well, but don't you know you're praying? Mm -hmm. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit says, I got it, I got it. I don't know, you know, you can't pray right now. You see those tears, God? This is what these tears are about. Hallelujah. Somebody. Thank you. Auntie, come on. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people it in accordance with the will of God. Heart, knows the mind of the Spirit, because he put the Spirit in there, and him and the Spirit are one, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance to the will of God. Meaning this, there's times when you're praying for the wrong thing, and you're praying, and thankfully the Holy Spirit is going, don't answer that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's times when we pray wrong. Amen. <laughs> we pray for the wrong thing. And thankfully we don't get it. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit stepped in and went, no, that's not the prayer. That's also, I know that's not your will, God. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So thankfully the Holy Spirit steps in when you don't know what to pray and you might not even be in a condition to pray. What Think about it. Sometimes if you go, what happens? I think about my brother. I can't help it. There was times when he he couldn't even really speak, but but thankfully, whatever he was trying to say, the Holy Spirit was translating it. Yes. So he, we got him for that, and we also got him because sometimes he needs to intercede because we don't pray God's will, and he'll step in and go, "Nope, that's not the prayer we wanted to do." <laughs> you guys are so quiet. I thought, are we Catholic? <laughs> I think I'm a and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Now here's one of the promises. This is one of my favorite promises. See, and it says, and listen, and we know that all things, God, he works them out for our good. But the key is you have to love them. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. And you have to be called according to his purpose. So, so what, it, what it's saying is, it doesn't say all things will be good. He says, all things good and bad, I'm going to work them for your good. Yes. I'm going to put them to work for you for your good. Yes. Bad situations come your way, and then it's like, how can this be good? I had, I've had a really bad situation, and then you realize how good it was later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It wasn't good. The pain was real. The pressure was was legit, but God, some kind of way, takes that because He can't stop life. God, life just comes. Everybody say Amen. Amen. So when you go, Lord, how can you let this happen to me? Stop saying that. Don't say that. Amen. Life comes. Amen. I was telling that family yesterday. Your grandma, she she left a long legacy. She lived a lot of years. God didn't say we would live to be hundreds and hundreds of years. Sometimes we're gonna die. Amen. So that's a life thing. That's not a God thing. Amen. Amen. Some of you will say, well, don't God know? Yeah, God knows when people are going to leave. And yes, God okay, okays and ordains people to leave here. But I'm saying if someone begins to live 
into the high 80s, close to 90. We're going to call that a win. Amen. And it's like, man, but it's like he'll take this pain and he'll work it together for your good. I think about my 2018 and how there, what good can come out of that? I'm going to tell you what good came out of that. I got closer to God that I, and I'm telling you, my understanding of God is so different now. And, I, and trust me, Bible school, preaching for a, for a bunch of, a lot, I was going to say 100 years, <laughs> preaching for a long time, doing all these ministry things I was doing. And I'm saying that's, that, that terrible thing that happened to me drove me to a place in God that I would never have got to. Mm-hmm. Meaning my understanding increased on a different level. God took this bad thing and made it produce, and he worked it. Hallelujah. Thank you. Worked that bad thing in your life, and I'm telling you, he's going to produce good on the other side. Amen. But you won't notice it when you go through it. You'll notice it on the other side of the door, and you'll go, man, that was a horrible thing, but look at me now. Look at me now. It's a great promise. So when you go through something bad or when something's not good in your life, you have to remember this. And you have to quote this. And we know that all things work together for the good. Because why? Because I love him and because I've been called according to his purpose. So whatever this horrible situation is, some kind of way, he's going to move this thing around and it'll help get me closer and closer to my purpose. Yes. When things go wrong in your life, just make sure you love God. Amen. And then it'll be worked out for your good. Now, when things go in your life and you get mad at God, you notice how whenever someone dies, people get a little angry. Mm-hmm. They think they shouldn't have or it was too soon or I can't believe this was a lot. It's just life, people. It's just life. It's sad, but it's just life. And, and it's, it's a life that we, that's caused death has come into the world because of the fall of man. And people are going to leave here. Yes. And it's never going to be a good time. It's never going to be a right situation. But then God has all these promises. He says, I promise you when you mourn, I'll automatically send the comforter. Yes. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. The Bible says that when you mourn, you don't mourn like the world who don't have faith. Right, right. All right, all right. So here it is. It says, I know life doesn't always be good, but I'm going to work the things that was not good out to be good for you. So what the devil sent to kill you, I'll use it to bless you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. That's a promise. That's a promise. It's a good promise. Everybody say amen better amen. than that. Amen. Auntie, where we at? Psalms 84. Let's go. Let's go. I'm on good time. I want to do her. Hurry up. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Listen, he said, listen I would, I, one day in the temple is better than uh, uh, a day at the orchard, a day at the soccer game, a day at the football game. A day, one day in your t- hallelujah somebody. Yeah. It's better than Walmart. It's better than <laughs> going to Target. It's better than spending a day at Lowe's. It's better than working in your yard. <laughs> I pulled out my garage today. All the neighbors are they're out there with their little rakes, and it's a beautiful day. And they're out there and they're getting up their leaves and they're they're they're, they're putting their little plants around. And I'm thinking that's cool. I ain't doing none of that. <laughs> But that's, that's nice. You guys have to take advantage of the day. But that's for me, though. Hallelujah, somebody. See, because this is what I realized. I do me all week. Mm-hmm. 
I got stuff to do. I got places to go. I got people to see. I got things to figure out all week long. And then when I got a day better is one day, just give me a few hours in the presence of God and around people who love you. Just give me a, just give me a couple of hours, God, because I've done me all week, but some people are still doing them all week. Mm-hmm. He says, I'd rather spend one day than a day at Frankenmuth. Don't get me started. Auntie, come on. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. I just want to get to heaven so bad. I don't care if my job is to to watch the the chariots. (laughs) (laughs) See, because I realized something. I don't deserve heaven. Amen. I don't deserve it. I'll I'll admit it. I don't deserve it. But I'm not taking no judgment from you because you don't deserve it either. Amen. None of us deserve heaven. We don't deserve it. Amen. And so my thing is, whatever my role is in heaven, if I'm on the sanitation department in heaven, I'm all right with that. Amen. I'd rather be there than to dwell in the tents of the wicked, because we know what happens to those who dwell in the tents of the wicked. Everybody say amen. Amen. So my, the writer is trying to get us to say, see that, you know what? I would rather be with God in God's presence no matter what. I would rather be in God's house. I would rather watch the parking lot at church than to go see the lions. <laughs> that will be a waste of time. Everybody say amen now. <laughs> Auntie, come on. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. It says, listen, the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord, he, he gives out favor, and then he gives out honor. You know what honor, that honor word honor means? It means he, he shows worth to you. you. You're worth something to him. You're valuable. He, he said, he gives us favor. Favor helps things go our way a little bit. And then he says, and I'm honoring you. I, I, you guys are valuable to me. You guys have worth. Hallelujah. Thank you. And then he goes, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk in his ways or walk blameless or walk in his, 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 the way that he wants us to walk. This is a promise. He will not hold any good thing from you. No, why? Because he's a father in heaven. And I don't withhold no good things from my children. But sometimes I have to protect them from themselves. Amen. Because they don't know what a good thing is all the time. So you have to step in that way. But you know, you're parents. You're not trying to withhold no good thing from me. There's time when I have to tell Julian, look, dude, I, I know you think I'm kind of uh, uh, restricting you, but I'm not. I'm actually taking care of you right now. Mm-hmm. And notice, I will never, I will never not do something good for you. Amen. So what I'm saying is the good thing that he has promised you might not mean that you get a million dollars. Right, right. It might mean that you don't get a million dollars. Because if he gives you a million dollars, you ain't going to love him. <laughs> it might not necessarily mean you get that promotion. Because if you get that promotion, it's going to add more work. And then he can see down the road that you ain't going to be dealing with him no more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I knew I wasn't going to get away man's on this, auntie. Mm-hmm. That means that the guy you really want or the girl you really, that she might not be what's good for you, so you ain't going to get it. That's right. See, what I love is it says, because why? I'm a, I'm a shield for you, 
and I'm a son on rainy days, man. Thank when it's raining and storming, I'm a son. And when weapons and things are fired at you, and I'm a shield for you. Yes, it's thank you. It's a promises. Yes. It's a good promise. Yes, it is. And then the best promise is, I'm not going to withhold any good thing from you. I'm going to make sure you get the best. The key is, you have to walk close enough with me so I can explain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Explain why it's good for you. Make sense? Amen. Yeah. Auntie, come on. We in Isaiah now. Come on, we on the road. Must be butter because we on the road. <laughs> he gives Isaiah strength. 40, 29. Come on. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. He gives strength to the weary. He, he gives us strength when we is we are so tired, so frustrated, so, so, so ran out of gas. Yes. So can't deal with it anymore. Yes, you can. Not on your own. It's because he, he's promised you something. He promised he will give you strength. Hallelujah. Yes. And it says, and he gives power to those of us that are weak. It, it means he, he revives the exhausted. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you're totally at your end of the rope, when you're totally on your knees, when you don't know how you're going to face another minute, some kind of way you do. Yes. And he gives strength and he and he revives and he's promised you that he'll give you this power. Hallelujah. To everybody who's at the end of their rope, so to speak. Next yeah. verse. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. See, young people have all the energy in the world, don't they? It's like young young people get on my nerves. And and, and, and I'm at the gym and it's, these young guys are in there, and you know, and, and everyone kind of work out. Bit, these young guys that play football, and they're just strong, and they're just, and I'm like, you, I hate all of you. <laughs> Sometimes I just get angry. I don't like you. <laughs> know why? Because I used to be you. Mm-hmm. Remember, Unk Unk was there. I was a workout man. I uh, what not? Man, I was. I looked really good though. I was, <laughs> I was in great <laughs> How <laughs> you be in the mirror like, oh, that looks so good. Oh, look at my arms. Oh my God, I look amazing. I must say. <laughs> and and I, and I and man, we would go to work all day, and I would still go. And then I was playing a lot of baseball too, so I'd be playing baseball, going to the gym, going to work, doing doing all this stuff, and I can't do it anymore. But eventually, it says even youth get tired; they get weary. Young men stumble and fall because they're stupid and they don't know anything. <laughs> you see a guy bench pressing 315 pounds, you're stupid. That ain't getting you nowhere. It's not, not getting you any money, not getting you a better place in life. You're just living that? That's me. Stupid. <laughs> now I'm like, oh no. I'm, in fact, I'm, got, I'm, I'm about to go get me a piece of cake and go sit down on the couch right now. <laughs> uh, come on, Auntie. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. But those who hope in the Lord, he's promised you something. He will renew your strength when you're tired, when you're exhausted, when you don't know how you're going to make it. He's promised you that he will 
they will soar on wings like an eagle. If you notice, if you, if geographic movies and stuff like that, eagles don't fly, they just soar. Mm-hmm. Effortlessly, he's built them to where they don't even have to flap their wings. That's why eagles live so high. Eagles live in the highest perches out of any other bird. And that's why the eagles live on mountaintops. Regular birds live in trees. Mm-hmm. You know why? Eagles don't flap. They just jump off the net and they just begin to soar. Yes. Effortlessly going over the earth. God says, I'm promising you, you will effortlessly soar over your situation. Thank you, Lord. They're going to be there, but you're going to be so with me, and I'm going to give you the strength that that strength's going to cause you to just fly over it. Yes. To so, literally soar over it like an eagle. And then it says, if you have to run, I promise you, you're going to run and you're not going to get tired. And if you're too, too slow to run, but you're going to still walk, you're going to walk, but you're not going to give up. You're going to keep walking towards keep what walking. I got for you. Yes, yes. Yes. So I'm sitting there dwelling on promises. And I'm like, Lord, well, you, you promised me this, God. And then, Lord, you, you promised me that. And Lord, Lord, I mean, you, you promised me this, you promised me that. And the Lord's like, yeah, my word is good. Have, have I ever broke my word to you? No. No. No, you haven't. Have my life gone perfect? Oh, but you never said it would. Right, right, right. Did everything go my way? No, but you never said it would. You just promised that no matter what, you already have things in place to respond to my pain. Not after the pain comes, but before the pain. You already have a plan for me, no matter what comes my way. Mm-hmm. And when I think I can't make it, some kind of way I do. Amen. And when I think I'm out of gas, some kind of way I'm not. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, so that means that the reason why I'm, I'm evergreen is because God, oh, I get it now. Jesus has promised us he'll give us the things that will help us change our nature. And no longer will we be dependent on earthly things. We'll be dependent on spiritual things, which will cause these promises because we know him. These promises will cut on automatically in our lives. So that's why he said, if you're tired, if you're beat down, if you've had enough, come on to me, all of you who are like that. And I promise you something. I will give you rest. I, I, I promise. See, God said, I'm promising. Yes. When I, so when someone makes a promise to you, don't you hold them to that? Mm-hmm. You promised me you would, you would do that. You promised me you would. You will be there. See, a pro- saying I'm going to do something is one thing, but when I say I promise I'm going to do it, that means come hell or high water, I'm going to get that done. I promise you, dude, we're going to, I promise I'm going to get that for you. See, see, we have to promise our kids all the time to just shut them up. <laughs> because when you say promise, they go, okay, it's serious. <laughs> so so when, when, when Julian asked me for something, and I go, yeah, okay. 
That's different than when I say, dude, I promise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, saying, yeah, okay, it could be variables in there. It, it might not. But if I promise, I have to make sure I do that. If yeah. I promise I'm going to take you, if I promise I'm see, it adds a little more to it. So he said, I got you. I promise you. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. So when things go a little off kilter and things kind of flip out on you, all you got to do is just reflect back on his promises. You promised that the Holy Spirit would pray for me. Because I don't even know how to pray on this one. There's sometimes I get so much stuff and I go, I don't know how to pray for that. Lord, I, Lord. Sometimes you just got to say Jesus or something. It's just... Think about this. You're getting ready to slide into someone and, and, and you, 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 or ice or something. You don't have time to say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be. Right, right. Sometimes right. you just go up, Jesus. Yes, yes. You know what? What happens? Holy Spirit is praying. Hallelujah. Yes, thank you. Don't you know that's a prayer? <laughs> yes, Oh, it my is. Lord is a prayer. Yes, it is. Help me, Lord. Sometimes my best prayer is help me. Help me. I don't know. Help me. Because I know the Holy Spirit knows, and I know you're dwelling inside of my heart, and the Holy Spirit is mixed up in there, too. So he'll help you figure it out, because I don't know. And I thank you for the promise that he would. Yes. The amazing thing, the promises of God amazing. are amazing. Yes. But you got to know them. Yeah. Father, I give you glory and praise, and I thank you, Lord. For your, for your promises that you've given us. You've given us some great promises. Oh, that feels really nice. Whirlpool. We got dumped in ice cold water. <laughs> oh, they're speaking in time. No, they're not. It's just cold. <laughs> I got to tell you the story. I'm praying, actually. I don't know if I should tell you this story. Let me think for a second. Okay, we're doing baptism, right? At the house of God, auntie. And uh, uh, this lady was getting baptized, and she's pretty big. <laughs> so it was me and Elder Foster. And so we were in the, we bishop now, but you know. We were in the thing, and she came down. And so, so we were doing a system, like, on three, you know, we'll take, take them under, bring them back. We're in the basement, auntie. And so we're going through it, and then we about touched quite a few people, and we bring them up. And, and then when she got down, and, you know, we turned them around, and then it was like, on three, she just fell back. Sploosh. He's looking at me. I said on three, dude. She just went. <laughs> so, so we're trying to get her up. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. It wasn't funny then, but man, I can see it. I can see it. I'm replaying it right now. And it was, the splash was so big. It was amazing. And everything's wet. And I'm in Jesus' name. Come on. Get her out of here, you know. But baptism is great because it shows something. It shows you're serious. So when you go, I was baptized when I was two years old. Let me tell you something. No, you weren't. 
you weren't. But to be baptized, you have to have consciousness of what you're doing. Think about it. If that was the, if that was the lesson, Auntie, why did Jesus wait till he was 30? What, he's the model, right? He, he, he's the prototypical, right? So my thing is, why wasn't Jesus baptized when he was two? Because baptism is something that, it's a decision that you make. It's not one that is made for you by your parents. So that's why we waited. I baptized my son, but we waited until he knew what this was about. Hallelujah, somebody. So I love it when someone knows what this is about, and they say, I want to be baptized. And he says, go into the world, baptize, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So what the baptism does, it doesn't mean that you go down and all of a sudden you're this great person. What it means is it's like it's representing the death and burial of Christ. And you're Christ going down and then Christ being resurrected. And it's saying that you now are being resurrected as one who now walks in the way of God. And all these witnesses saw it. And especially God looked down and God saw it. It's a commitment to God. And then one would say, is it required for salvation? Well, no. Then people go, oh, yes, it is, especially you Baptist folk. No, because if that's the case, then the one that was on the cross and Jesus said, hey, you will be with me in heaven. He didn't, get, he didn't take him down and dip him in the water. The blood leads to salvation. But the water's definitely needed because the Baptist told Jesus, you don't need, to, I don't need to baptize you, you need to baptize me. And Jesus says, know what? Suffer it to be so. I am the prototype. Everyone will follow my lead and everyone needs to be baptized. So Lord, right now we thank you and praise you for the event of baptism this, today. And, and Lord, I thank you for all these people who will witness it. And Lord, we give you glory and praise for the life that you have touched. And, Lord, in Jesus' name, we ask praise you. Bless this thing today that we're about to do. And all glory will be yours. Everybody say amen to that.